Altona put in a magical performance against Souths. Dandy City slay the Heidelberg Warriors. Hume get the rub of the green against Bentley. And I am almost right for once. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Match Week 15 episode of the Semi-Pro Potty. Branson Gibson, congratulations, and how are you today? William Chambers, I am doing very well. Thank you very well indeed. I'm excited to be here talking about the NPL Victoria. Mate, we had an absolutely ripping match weekend of NPL Victoria fixtures. Some fantastic, crazy results to talk about. Incredible results across the board. Uh, and mate, I'm just, I'm just feeling good. I'm excited. I'm sure you're feeling good. Obviously, Melbourne City had a big win yesterday, so I'm glad that you are, you know, for once one of your teams has done something mildly successful. So start <laughs> off the show with a big congratulations. Segue into the kit bag segment. What are you wearing this week, my friend? Well, mate, you mentioned that Melbourne City are champions and premiers of Australia. Of course, I am a Melbourne City Fan got to go to the game last night, which was fantastic. They got the goods, uh, won the toilet seat, so that was great. So to celebrate, I am, of course, wearing a Melbourne City kit. Uh, it's a classic City heart throwback. It's uh, one of their City kits with a City badge, sorry, with the red and white heart stripes. One of my favourites, good kit, uh, to celebrate what was a good night. I did a lot of yelling, so I'm sounding quite husky uh, at the moment, but I did have a soothing cup of tea before we start the podcast so hopefully uh my voice holds up mate i was absolutely contemplating a cup of tea before the pod and i am very sad that i missed out on one so jealous love that you're finally getting around hot beverages instead of waiting for everything to be lukewarm or room temperature it it was lukewarm but uh that's okay it was warm enough for me warm enough for me what are you enough for you uh, I'm wearing a country road sweater because it's winter and it's a bit chilly, right. so I can't really just wear a t-shirt. So um, it's it's not my favourite sweater of all time, but you know <laughs> it it'll do. Um, hey, Bran, do you know what yeah. is my favourite sweater of all time? Oh, what is it? The absolute warmth that I get from a round of NPL fixtures that Ooh. is both surprising and just unforeseeable and i'm going to take us off to the first fixture that i would describe as unforeseeable apart from me who almost foresaw it (laughs) south melbourne one altona magic two now i said when we were doing our tips last week that i thought this would be a draw and it turns out i was wrong but i was almost right and i think that's worth something i think it is too because when you tipped a draw I, I did laugh. I was like, oh, my goodness, he's, he's tipped a draw. Like, what is he thinking? Like, South Melbourne are going to win 4-0. Like, okay, mate, like, I'll go with you, but I, I think you're going to be wrong on this one. And uh, you were wrong, but not as wrong as I thought you were going to be. And it turns out you were more correct than me. So uh, well done to you there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, let's jump into it. This is a big upset, this one. Altona with their first win of the season. I've not fact-checked that, Brown. I hope it's true. It um, is indeed and- their first win of the season. 
Good. And Souths are now definitely and undeniably in a slump. We asked the question last week of, are they in a slump? This absolutely nails on the fact they're in a slump. Um, getting to the game, it was a very even first 30 minutes. Um, and Altona probably thought they'd taken the lead and a well-deserved lead at that stage. But their goal was ruled out for an offside call. And in a very heartbreaking turn of events, goalkeeper distributes it quickly South go down the other end and Daniel Clark scores what was a lovely shot past the keeper to put South Melbourne 1-0 in the lead against the run of play moments after Artona thought they had taken the lead. The heartbreaking stuff, but it did not deter Artona. Uh, the response would only take a few minutes uh, with a big old shot from Hatsimuratus uh, that stupefied Pierce Clark in goal for Ooh. South. Branson, Harry Potter reference for you there. Yep. Oh, I got it. Love it. Keep it going. Good. Um, and then eventually for our turn of the win, it would come from a very interesting penalty that was won and converted by McShane. Uh, I personally don't think it's a penalty. If it is, there's a bit of acting going on with it. The acting just isn't great. There's a bit of a delayed reaction to it. Um, but it is absolutely... I think, earned from the performance that Altona Magic put in. So they were 2-1 to the good. That would be the final scoreline. Bit of drama late on. Ristich uh, got a second, uh, first yellow in the second half for, I think, kicking the ball away down near the touchline. Uh, and then a second yellow a bit later on by playing on after the referee's whistle had gone and putting in a cracking goal. If it was going to be counted, it would have probably been one of the goals of the match. But... Uh, no, he got a second yellow for that and a red card, but Altona won't let that dampen their performance at all. They were dynamic, they were energetic, and they showed a lot of fire to get a very deserved three points away to South Melbourne. As good as Altona are, South are bad. This is a very bad loss for them to have on their run sheet. It's not something they're going to be proud of. I don't even know how they are going to change this going forward. I uh, don't know who they have who they have next, but yeah, South Melbourne definitely in a slump. Our Tony Magic first win of the season, very deserved three points. Cracking game. Bran, that is not the only team that is probably been devoid of results lately that picked up a couple of points. You had a look at Dandy City 4, Heidelberg 3. Run us through this crazy seven-goal game. It was nuts, you know. Uh, as you said, the uh, the Altona South Melbourne game was totally surprising. As was this one. So we had a double dose of upsets. Uh, this one got off to an absolute flyer. Dandy City scored just three minutes into the game through Cameron Teese. So you know, straight off the bat, there was an upset on the cards. One that we definitely didn't see coming. Uh, they scored again just two minutes later as well through Braden Mann. So Dandy City up 2-0 over Heidelberg inside six minutes. Absolutely crazy. Uh, the craziness continued, mate. Uh, Bosniak scored for Heidelberg from the penalty spot in about the uh, 40th minute. And you, you, you think they're great, good. That's the goal Heidelberg needed just before the break. But, mate, less than two minutes later, there was another penalty. This time for Dandy City, Nick Kalmar converted to make it 3-1 at the break. So, whew, mate, what a first half. Double dose of goals inside 
six minutes double dose of penalties just before the break. It was 4-1 to Dandy City 10 minutes into the second half when Jacob Brito headed home. Uh, just insane stuff. You know, you, I was watching the game on, on Friday night and couldn't really believe what I was watching. I was like, this is just absolutely nuts. The game did end 4-3. Heidelberg did get two late consolation goals uh, in stoppage time uh, to sort of save their goal difference, but it was uh, too little too late. I think uh, when the third goal went in, uh, as soon as the game was kicked off, the referee blew the full-time whistle, so Heidelberg never got a chance at an equaliser. Mate, this is just a massive, massive upset. Well-deserved win for Dandy City. I mean, they were genuinely the better side. Uh, 4-3, I think, <laughs> flatters Heidelberg, to be honest. Uh, those two late goals, I mean, yeah, they, they deserved them in a way, like they scored them, but uh, it wasn't a reflection of how dominant Dandenong City were. Like, the result was already a foregone conclusion by that point. Uh, a foregone yeah. conclusion? Did you like that one? I, I wasn't that was sure very that. good, Branson. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, huge win for Dandenong City because it takes them off the bottom. They are... Currently still in the relegation zone, but it really is tight at the bottom. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But they've uh, they've closed the gap. They are well and truly alive. Mate, I've got a question for you based on these two results here, Altona winning and Dandenong City winning. Which one do you think was more surprising, mate? Um, I think the Altona one. I had felt something brewing in the waters for a while with, oh, maybe it wasn't because South in such a slump. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's a really difficult one to call, but it, it's kind of a shame that both these results came in the same weekend. Like, because they both win, they both, like, are relative to each other, so they both stay on the same points. Like, there's not too much that changes. We will get to a fixture later. There was one team who very much did not profit from the weekend of upset results. But I'd almost say... For Altona, getting a first win is better mm. than Dandy City getting a, you know, their second win in a bit pretty chaos game. Yeah, um, Dandy City will be happy with the performance, but I think Altona will be more happy with the result. Yeah, fair call. I just I think it's hard to split them. I think you're right. You know, Altona that result alone was probably more surprising because it was their first win of the season away at South, but then Dandy City. Uh, the fact that they put four past Heidelberg and they're up 4-1 in the 90th minute, you know. So, mate, very, very good couple of games right there. The next one was almost, I don't know if I'd say it was quite as surprising, but it was no less of an emphatic result. Hume City taking on the Bentley Greens. Mate, what happened to this one? Yeah, uh, look, I don't know. We're probably going to get a lot better at reordering the games in the fixture because this one was pretty straightforward for Hume. Um, they just absolutely dominated this one. Josh Bingham is just in some bloody good, goddamn honking good form. Uh, he got the first goal. It was a cracking solo run. Curled it past the keeper. He is an absolute different kind of gravy this season for Hume. Uh, Danny Dixon scored their second. Uh, Bingham would get a brace in this one. Third was absolutely deserving three points for Hume. Bentley were. I wouldn't say nowhere in this one, but they were very close to nowhere. Uh, Hume absolutely coasted throughout this game. Played some great football, though. Very deserving of three points and three goals. But, yeah, I thought uh, Bentley left pretty much everything on the table, but the table was in the dressing room, and they didn't really 
come out with anything. So three points to Hume, really straightforward. There was sort of another fixture that I think was, although some cracking goals in it, but uh, Avondale to Melbourne Knights, nil on a Friday night, I believe it was, Bran. You had a look at this one. Talk us through it. Yeah, well, uh, very similar to the Hume result. It was just a, a commanding performance from Avondale. They they started off the better of the two sides. Uh, was still, though, uh, you know, a pretty tight first half. Stefan Valentini had uh, an effort cleared off the goal line. Spectacular sliding goal line clearance from the Knights defender. And Valentini had another shot fizz. Just wide of the poster, uh, Christian Chujeski hit the crossbar from a free kick as well. But it was nil all at the break. Still, though, definitely felt like Avondale were in the driving seat. Uh, the Knights had zero shots in the first half, so uh, that would have been of concern for them, no doubt. Uh, Yitte Towns gave Avondale the lead in the second half. Stefan Zinni teed him up at the top of the box, and Towns blasted the shot home. Uh, despite being behind, though, again, the Knights really didn't look like e- equalising. They really seemed to struggle going forward. Uh, Joey Katabian wrapped up the win for Avondale, tucking his shot home after a slick counter-attack to make it 2-0 in stoppage time. Uh, the Knights had only two shots all game, one of which was on target. So when you concede two, always hard to uh, hard to expect to get a point when you uh, have fewer shots than the other team scored goals. So I think, it, you know, similar to what you were saying about Hume, it was just a very convincing performance from Avondale. They looked better to me for the whole 90 minutes. So I, I think that's a good sign for Avondale. Like, you know, we talked about, you know, how up and down they've been in the second half of the year. That win as well, coupled with some other results, we'll have a look at the table later on, but that did indeed have a big impact. So good result from Avondale, there was a good result for another team, uh, the Eastern Lions, mate. They were taking on St. Albans. What happened here? Yeah, big old win in injury time for Eastern Lions against St. Albans Saints. Um, You know, you look at the table, these are two teams that are sort of there or thereabouts with each other. Eastern Lions started the season pretty well. St. Albans have just been throwing points away in injury time for fun this season. Uh, that continued in this game. Um, it was a pretty even match for most of it. There was a late push from Eastern Lions. Um, look, the winner would come from Aaron Fabris, uh, leapt above the defence uh, to head home from a corner in injury time, giving Eastern Lions a much-needed three points. And giving, given the other results in this table, you were talking about Avondale before, profiting quite nicely off of some upsets for teams in the top four. Uh, given that some of those upsets were from teams in the bottom four, St. Albans drop now down to 14th, sit bottom of the table, admittedly on the same points as Altona and Dandy City. But yeah, those two teams winning this week, this absolutely hurts St. Albans Saints. They were set to get a point for this one. They got zero points and they are just throwing away points late in games this season. I can't remember off the top of my head what the fixtures were, but I can think of three to four games. I know Knights was one of them, um, and this is just becoming a habit for them. If you looked at the end of the season as points that they had at maybe 90 minutes versus points they had after injury time, I think there'd be a very big difference, and it could be the difference between relegation and staying up for them. So I think they have to rectify 
Well, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Uh, their form's been putrid. They're winless in their last 12 games in the league as well. And that yeah. has uh, relegation written all over it. You know, like that is not ideal. And they've sort of been holding off with uh, Dandy City and Altona struggling. But, you know, those two sides have, I won't say turned a corner, but uh, they've started to get a few points. And we were talking last week, it's about 24 points you need to be safe. Uh, St. Albans are, are well off that as well. So it's going to be interesting seeing how this race unfolds, mate. Yeah, this might be a this might be an interesting season to see. Like, it might be the lowest points that we've sort of seen for the last couple of seasons to get relegated with. Like, you know, or the lowest points to survive. I guess that's mm. what I'm getting at because there's just a lot of mediocrity at the bottom of that table at the moment. So we'll see how that pans out. Where there wasn't mediocrity, though, Bran Oakley Cannons they kind of got back into this one against Green Gully. What was the score and how did it go? Uh, the score was three to one for Oakley Cannons. They were the victors in what was honestly like a really bizarre, really weird game. Tight start though. Green Gully behind the eight ball when uh, Kea Degotti was shown a straight red card midway through the first half. Uh, Oakley took the lead. I think it was just four minutes after that. In bizarre fashion, it was an own goal. Uh, there was a shot off the post. Uh, bounce back, hit the defender, it looked like in the head or in the face, and then went in for an own goal. So quite unlucky for Green Gully there. An unfortunate way uh, to go behind. Joe Knowles, though, made it 2-0 for the Cannons two minutes later. Uh, things got worse for Gully in the second half. They're already down 2-0. They were reduced to nine players after a handball on the goal line. Walker was sent off for Gully. Uh, Joe Knowles, he did miss the penalty, though, which uh, left the door open for Green Gully. That door opened a little wider when Alex Salmon got Gully back into it, when he converted a penalty. So, mate, you know, all of a sudden, nine-man Green Gully down 2-1. Comeback was on. Comeback. I don't know why I said that so weird. Comeback was on. Uh, Didn't happen, though. Thurtell made it 3-1 with 20 minutes to go, and that all but wrapped it up. You know, Gully, of course, down two players, didn't really... Uh, have the uh, the forces required to muster a comeback. Oakley hold on to get the win. Not an entirely unsurprising result. Like, we tipped Oakley to win. Uh, that result, even less surprising, considering Galley had two players sent off. It is a little bit interesting, though, because these sides will face off this week in the FFA slash Doherty Cup as well. So I think they play four days or play each other twice in the space of four days. So that'll be interesting to see if this result has any impact on that cup fixture, mate. Just a tasty little morsel to whet the appetite. But my appetite is wet for this next game. Um, And that segue, which was just bloody brilliant. Um, Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne taking on Dan and Ong Thunder, mate. Uh, Tell me about this one. This was a fucking cracker. I know that we probably shouldn't swear on the pod, but <laughs> straight up, we really need to brands and get way better ordering the fixtures that we go through in the run sheet because there is no way in hell this game deserves to be the last game unless we're saving the best for last. At which oh, point, that's what, yeah, we're going to say that's what we're doing. That's kind what kind of makes sense. Yep, but man, right. this was just huge. Like the first half was look. By and large, for match events, pretty uneventful. But it was still entertaining. It still had a little bit of 
you know, it, it felt like at halftime I was like, oh, Port Melbourne, Danny Thunder, this could be decided by one goal or no goals. Second half absolutely came to life. Dandy Thunder took the lead through Hamish Watson. Ten minutes later, Sesnick had a solo run, which would equalise for Port Melbourne. So 1-1 at this stage. Uh, Bernarda gets a penalty and puts Dandy Thunder in front. So they've been in front at 1-0. They're now in front at 2-1. And then a late, late, late in brackets, very late into injury time. Equalising goal from Courtney Perkins. I think it was like 90 plus 6. Mm. Uh, ball fizzed across and he does one of those it's sort of like a scissor kick but it's sort of half he's falling towards the ground and it's that kind of like yeah that scissor kick action it's not a bicycle kick it's just sort of like a a little bit horizontal to to the ground scissor kick hits the back of the net insane celebrations goes and celebrates the fans everyone hugging and jumping what we love to see and it was just a beautiful second half of football to watch. It, it really was one of the, the semi-professional halves of football that we love. It doesn't have VAR. It has lots of goals, lots of drama, big celebration with the crowd. It just felt really good. So um, I love this. And to be honest with you, as much as 2-2 probably doesn't help either team where they are in the table too much, I'm really glad that both teams got a point because they just put on a bloody great show, both of them. And, you know, if ever you're going to dish out a point to each team, it should be for this game. Yeah, and also another thing that I liked as well was, well, so Port Melbourne had a player sent off. Chris Duggan was sent off in the 90th. Yeah. Still found an equaliser. And on top of that, there was what? uh, So a red card and four yellow cards dished out after the 90th minute. You go, what? Like five bookings. You're like, nutso. And I think a bit of that was for a bit of afters from the equalising goal. So, you know, just good NPL shit, this. Really, go yeah. back and re-watch the highlights, everyone. <laughs> it's a great game. And it's I think it's it typified everything I love about the NPL Victoria, which is a pretty dour first half. Felt like it was going to be decided by a goal. Turns into a 2-2 thriller with a red card and four yellows. Like, just... <laughs> right. Couldn't write about it. But wait, you could wait. write about it because it happened. Way to spice it up, mate. Yeah, Bran, let's do it. Let's look at the ladder. How does this chaotic round of fixtures make the ladder look after what game week are we? 50 after 15 rounds. Yeah, so 15 rounds in, Avondale still remain on top of the table. They, though, have opened up a bit of a gap, the largest gap we've seen on top of the league all season. They are five points clear. Uh, Oakley Cannons with their win, they jump up into second. Sorry, Avondale on 32 points, Oakley on 27. Uh, They are ahead of Bentley, who are on third place by goal difference. Bentley also on 27 points. On 26 points in fourth, we have Heidelberg United. Hume City with their win move up into fifth on 24 points. The Knights, despite losing, remain in the top six. They are on 24 points as well. Port Melbourne sits seventh on 23 points. South Melbourne, they have lost four of their last five. They've dropped out. They are eighth on 23 points. Standing on Thunder are right behind and they're on 19 points. In ninth place, Green Gully sit 10th on 16 points. Eastern Lions, 11th on 13th and 14th, all on 10 points. We have Altona Magic, all different. Oh, it's deal, mate. Uh, and Speaking of not ideal, was our tip and a So we're keeping up with the Joneses, but, but I mean, I just, I'm just no it. longer shocked that we suck at this. Like, 
The I, first, I think the first round, I was like, we should have got seven or eight. We were robbed. Mm, mm. I think we I'm going to chalk up. Probably not eight. <laughs> more, we got more tips correct than there were fixtures. You know, that's yeah. how good we are. That's I'm how just good gonna, we are. I'm just going to chalk up our uh, mixed tipping results to just the unpredictability and the excitement of the MPL Victoria, which is partly why we love it, mate. Yeah, so you know my current job is all odds-based and everything, and I just don't understand how any bookmaker would ever price up odds for the NPL. Like, I yeah. just don't get it. It is it is chaos. Like, And by the same token, would never bet on it because of that exact reason. It's just <laughs> chaos. Yeah. Um, right. Now, Brand, let's turn our attention towards the NPLW we had one game from match day eight. I think I said it on the broadcast last week that I felt like that was maybe a two-year reunion to a very cold winter's night that mm. we went down to uh, to Bulleen at the Veneto Club. And just it was a cold night when we were doing the pod and I felt like it was an anniversary. It was, in fact, two years to almost the day wow. that we went to Bulleen. Um, so how did they go last Monday night, Brand, to close off match week eight? So they were taking on Alamein. They won 5-0. Slightly misleading scoreline. Bear with me. I'll give you a quick explanation. The opening goal was an absolute banger. Came just three minutes in. Uh, it was a long-range blast from Paige Zoyce. Gave Boleyn the lead. Uh, Alamein, though, despite being down, had a few chances after going behind. The first half was actually pretty even. Uh, again, despite the scoreline, Boleyn, though, they were able to kick it up a gear. Privatelli scored for the Lions just before the half. Uh, in the second half, she capped off her hat-trick with two insane finishes from just ridiculous angles. The first one was like a, a lofted dink from the edge of the box near the, uh, the touchline. Uh, the second one, the goalkeeper came out and, again, from a similar angle. This time she rolled it into the back of the net, but definitely worth checking out the highlights to ridiculous finishes. Uh, Rachel Quigley also scored for Belene to wrap out a, uh, sorry, wrap up a 5-0 win. So three cracking goals from Belene on the way to a comfortable victory, but Alamein would be feeling uh, pretty hard done by. They they were decent value despite the score. Yeah, moment. absolutely. And you mentioned Paige Zoyce got on the score sheet there in that one. For Belene, I had a look at the Match Day 9 fixture, Calder versus Belene, and this was a 3-3 thriller. Um, mm. I said Paige Zoyce was the sort of tie-in factor with that one. She ends up scoring the third goal for Bulleen, the sixth goal in the game. Let's talk through this one. So Calder um, took the lead through Sinclair. She opened the scoring. Um, Barbieri doubled the lead pretty shortly after with a great solo run. And Zimmerman put Calder what seemingly was out of sight with a scream. But one of those really difficult shots where you kind of actually, uh, it's about 20-odd yards out. And... The ball's going away from you laterally, so you kind of have to fall across to hit it properly. Um, absolutely cracking goal. I couldn't do it. My hips hurt just looking at it. Um, but just before halftime, Boleyn pulled one back, so it's 3-1 at halftime. It's a, nothing more than a glimpse of hope. Calder have been outstanding. Boleyn have not been nowhere, but they've definitely been caught out by Calder, and it looks like this team, this game is going one way and one way only. Second half, completely different story. Bulleen slowly started to build. 
Uh, they got two goals to bring it through Janczewski and Eliadis, but then chaos in the 88th minute as Calder's goalkeeper came out of her penalty area with the ball and not from like trying to make a save or anything. She just had the ball and was going for a kick to clear it out and she stepped out of the box. So on the 18-yard box, pretty much dead in front. Free kick, Paige Zoys steps up, slots at home, 3-3. Bulleen v Calder, Calder 3-0 up, blow a lead to get one point where they could have had three, and that is a big choke from Calder. But an utterly excellent second-half performance from Bulleen. Thoroughly entertaining. They just had great mentality about it, trying to get the ball forward, trying to get it into dangerous areas, and then ultimately taking the chances that they had. And I think chaos game, but absolutely deserved point for Bulleen, and Calder are probably lucky to get a point out of this one, considering they threw it from a 3-0 lead. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, an insane, an insane comeback, mate. I had a look at the next game, Alamein taking on FV Emerging. This was a tight, even game, as was reflected in the scoreline. It was a one-all draw. Uh, there were shared chances in the first half, but the score remained locked at nil-nil at the break. Uh, Alamein took the lead through Jennifer Lum. Uh, she got on the end of a great through ball and tucked it home to give Alamein the lead in the second half. Uh, but, mate, then chaos ensued. The game exploded less than two minutes after Alamein took the lead. Alamein keeper Mason Jones was sent off, shown a straight red card. Uh, she ran out of the box and made a challenge, got some of the ball, but got a lot of the player. Uh she was sent off, and that sparked scenes, mate, because Alamein had no goalkeeper in their substitution. So they, uh, sorry, no goalkeeper Chaos. on their bench. You know, so all of a sudden the goalkeeper sent off, and they're like, "Okay, well, crap. Uh, who do we bring on?" So they turn to outfield player Natasha Inya. Uh, we love an outfielder. Uh, sorry, outfield player in goals. Uh, she picked up the gloves. She was their goalkeeper, which. Um, was weird as well because Alamein wear red. They didn't even have like a backup goalkeeper top. Um, so they found like an orange shirt, which doesn't really contrast that well with red. But, you know, <laughs> that's that's fun. Um, it looked like Alamein, though, down a player with a backup goalkeeper. Uh, it looked like emerging. We're going to run over the top of them. Didn't happen, though. It actually looked more likely that Alamein would hang on for a crazy well-deserved draw. Holly Murray, though, equalised at the death in stoppage time, though. A long-range hit and hope. It bounced over the keeper and went in. Inya was... Wild. Yeah, unlucky, you know, obviously not being a uh, an out-and-out goalkeeper. Got caught out there. Very unfortunate. She did, though, become the hero seconds later. Uh, after going... Uh, sorry, after conceding the equaliser, Young had a great chance for FE emerging. It was very well saved to preserve a one-all draw in a crazy, crazy game. Crazy last 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, and I, I was watching... Stuff. I just watched the highlights for this one, and I didn't know that she was a substitute goalkeeper who's an outfield player. Mm. So it's just that one where where you watch that ball coming in, you just do not expect it to even cause slightly a bit of issue. But yeah, it just off. bounces yeah. a bit wrong. Positioning is a bit off, and all it took was that little bit, and it just it it shocked me seeing it. But now it makes a lot of sense that it's a an outfield player in goal. 
Yeah, and it's it's you know it's hard to hold Inya responsible. Obviously, she let the goal in, but again, not being a goalkeeper, it's it's a tough one to get a read on. So very unlucky, but you know she redeemed herself a minute later with a great save to to preserve the draw. Yep. Um, I had a look at Bayside taking on Heidelberg United. This was an absolutely unsurprisingly comfortable win for Heidelberg. Uh, Heidelberg uh, have not been, you know, setting the world on fire this season, but Bayside United have very much not been setting the world on fire. Uh, they are pretty much struggling at the bottom of the table there. Um, goals to Davies, Wise got a brace, and Galea, uh, whose free kick was probably the pick of the bunch. Very similar to the free kick in the bullying game in the 88th minute, just on the edge of the area, up and over the wall, into the back of the net. Lovely free kick. Um, and yeah, Heidelberg, three points, looking pretty good after that game. Bran, last one of the NPLW was South Melbourne, who are very much on form, taking a box hill, who are our favourite team. How did they go? Yeah, so it went good for South Melbourne. They were 2-0 victors. Again, I've said this five times, misleading scoreline. South scored inside two minutes through Caitlin Pickett. Uh, at that stage, looked like, you know, it was going to be a blowout. I think South beat Bayside 10-0, and, it, you know, got the impression that a similar score line might be on the cards. Uh, Lucy Johnson scored again for South at the 20-minute mark, though. Uh, Box Hill, to their credit, they created a number of good chances in the first half, including two really good one-on-ones, but they just, you know, weren't able to convert so they were right in it at halftime despite being down two goals the second half though was a different story it was all south they had 16 shots on goal but uh couldn't manage to score it was a comfortable win in the end uh box hill may be unlucky to net on uh, to not get on the scoreboard but then south also equally probably unlucky not to add to their victory margin considering they had so many shots in the second half but a 2-0 win for South mate what does that do for the table what that does for the table is it cements their position on top they are top of the table on 24 points seen oh FV emerging sorry I should say are on 19 points in second they are also tied with Bulleen Lions who are in third in fourth, Calder United, uh, that draw sees them on 16 points, sitting in fourth. Fifth, Heidelberg United on 13 points. Sixth, Alamein on 11. And Box Hill United with three points above Bayside United, who sit in eighth on zero points and a goal difference of negative 38, which is not as bad as we have seen. In the NPLW, but it's still not very good. And they are very much anchored to the bottom there. Bran, that's the NPLW done. We had a whole lot of cup stuff last week and this week indeed. Do you want to talk us through the Nike FC Cup draw, which we have in? I do indeed, because we've been waiting for this uh, to come out and the draw was done today. So fresh, hot off the press. Uh, we have four games We're in the quarterfinals of the Nike FC Cup. The first one we'll see Casey Comets take on South Melbourne FC. That's a tough ask for the Comets. The uh, Melbourne Knights, they'll face off against Box Hill United. That'll be interesting too. You know, the Knights are in the VPL, the second tier, facing Box Hill United, who have, I think they've only got one win in the NPL so far this season. After that, we've got FC Boleyn taking on Melbourne University. And the last one is going to see Calder United 
take on Alamein, which is, again, going to be an interesting matchup because Calder, as we've uh, noticed through the season, haven't quite been as dominant uh, as uh, as they have been previously. So four very exciting uh, Nike FC Cup games coming up. We haven't got uh, dates or times or locations confirmed just yet, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, mate. But uh, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't all the Cup stuff. No, let's. Uh, what I'll do is I'll blitz through the action. I'll blitz through the uh, FFA Cup results, and then I'll let you do the draw, my friend. Oh, because Oakley one nil to the good against Preston Lions. Port Melbourne four nil against Sydenham Park go through. Dandenong City one, Pasco Vale two. So Pacos go through. North Melbourne, uh, sorry, North Geelong one five Avondale. So a bit of a battering there. South Melbourne, two goals to Eastern Lions, one. They go through. Moreland Zebras, 3-1 against Lang Warren. Montbulk Rangers, two. Clifton Hill, one. That was the, what was it, the State League sort of playoff there. So Montbulk Rangers get through from that. Branson, talk us through the draw because we now have the round seven draw in front of us. We do, which is very exciting. Uh, and it's also the quarterfinals for the Doherty Cup, of course, the FFA Cup and the Doherty Cup sort of mesh into one. Uh, and there's a lot on the line. So a spot in the semifinals of the Doherty Cup, the winner of round seven will also advance to the national stages of the FFA Cup. So plenty to play for for these sides, mate. Uh, Oakley Cannons will face Green Gully. That is still a round six matchup. That's because the Oakley-Preston game got delayed uh, heaps and heaps and heaps. So Oakley will play Green Gully, as we said earlier this week. The winner of that game will host South Melbourne. Avondale FC will play host to Pasco Vale uh, in the second fixture. The third will see Port Melbourne Sharks take on MPL2's Moreland Zebras. And lastly, State League two-side Mombolk Rangers have drawn Hume City at home. So it's going to be a huge ask for... That is Mombolk. a ripper set of fixtures there. I'm absolutely oh. frothing over that Port Melbourne Moreland Zebras tie. I think that will be a cracker. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's plenty on the line too, you know. Uh, Moreland and Paco, two NPL2 teams who are one win away from from the national stage. And, you know, Mombolk Rangers, a state league side, they're they're on the cusp of it as well, you know. So... Mate, crazier things have happened than than Mombolk uh, upsetting Hume, but I'm looking forward to those games again uh, because the draw is today. We haven't got the fixtures, uh, sorry, we haven't got the times, dates, and locations confirmed yet, but we do have the fixtures locked in. I'm looking forward to it, mate. I'm excited. We do. Bran, that is all of the review section of the show done. Well done, mate. We've done a rip around of the NPL, a rip around of the NPLW. We've picked up a couple of cup ties in there, got that in there. Let's loosen the belt, relax a bit, and let's just turn our attention to the broader world of football. We do it every week. That's so semi-professional. What were some things that you saw, Brand, that were a bit semi-professional in the world of football this week? Well, so one thing that actually probably shouldn't come as much of a surprise given our our tipping in the NPL, but uh, the Euros are on at the moment, mate. So uh, I jumped on the official UEFA Inc., and uh, I've been playing some games. Um, they've got like a tournament predictor. So before the tournament started, I went through and did that. And uh, my 
predictions are extremely uh, semi-professional. I uh, have not done well. I had, uh, what was it, Turkey, who uh, did not win a single game, only scored one goal. I had them making the semi-final, so uh, that's kind of ruined that. So uh, that wasn't very good, But I and I had Poland going pretty deep as well. So good one, Bran. Uh, but, you know, I made those predictions before the tournament started, and uh, the UEFA app's like, yep, cool, no worries. You can now just do a knockout predictor as well in case you didn't go so well, like me. So I was like, yep, cool. I'll give it another crack. Give myself, uh, you know, a chance to redeem myself. Uh, did it have the Netherlands losing in the final to Belgium? And the Netherlands, of course, lost 2-0 to the Czech Republic uh, this morning. So uh, I've had two cracks at the tournament predictor and both have gone uh, equally terrible. So, uh, Man, it's a hard thing to do. Like, predicting is hard. Uh, is. I mean, oh, it's not our forte and I just don't, I don't know how people do it. Like, I just need some of these teams to help me out. Like, you know, the Netherlands just don't lose yeah. to the Czech Republic, but also at the same time, love the Czech Republic doing well. Great. Yeah, love that. That was a cracking game. I think I watched that this morning on Highlights. Um, one thing I did love, you mentioned it before, obviously Melbourne City are champions. Uh, look, I'm pretty happy that we've sort of got that grand final out of the way because it's a bit of a, even though I do have a soft spot for City, City versus Sydney, it's just a bit of a, a bit of a nothing grand final for mine. Yeah. But one thing I did love out of it, was a Melbourne City fan who got his foot stuck in a chair, had to cut the chair out of the stadium and then wheel him out a wheelbarrow. That was hilarious. Absolutely fantastic. And they had to cut the chair. They had to cut it off with a saw, but then uh, they let him... <laughs> but they let him keep the chair afterwards as well. I know. And, uh, I saw him on the concourse. He was out there running around, like, holding the chair up. And uh, like, at the time, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Wonder where he got a chair from. And then, yeah, saw the video. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's just awesome. Very, Hilarious. very semi-professional. Um, Bran, you've got another one? I do. Uh, it's Alamein in the NPLW uh, not having a, a backup goalkeeper on the bench. Um, classic. And then, of course, the week that you don't have a backup goalkeeper on the bench, uh, the goalkeeper gets sent off. And also, yeah, the goalkeeper coming on wearing orange, uh, despite Alain playing in red. So just a, a bit of a clash there. No backup goalkeeper top. Uh, quite unfortunate. Very semi-professional. Uh, good Sunday league vibes where it's like, yep, goalkeeper, you're in. Who's got the shirt? Oh, dear. We did not. Uh, we did not bring it. So I yeah, thought that great, great semi-professionalness. Uh, I love that one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you've got one. You've got yeah, two. One. one. Uh, I, yeah, one. One last Sorry. one from me. I was so we spoke about it on the pod last week. I was so happy that we had just kind of got a little bit of a consolidated football broadcast deal in Australia. Or it looked like we were just going to need Paramount Plus and Optus Sport, and that's been kiboshed because. Optus Sport have lost the rights to the Champions League and it's now on Stan Sport. So now we just need fucking Stan Sport as well. So mm. we're just now at a point where, yeah, we're just we're just having to have like three to four subscription services just to watch football in Australia. And I thought we kind of got down to two. That felt about right. But three or four feels a bit wrong. I just feel like no other codes have to have this problem. Like, is it just an us problem? <laughs> I I think so. I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. I... Don't know much about Stan. Apparently, they've done quite a good job with the rugby union, though, for what it's worth. 
But, yeah, it's just a bit of a tricky one to manage. One thing, though, I am a bit glad that Sports Flick didn't get it. You know, that, that makes me... Fuck is Sports Flick. Sports Flick. Didn't you hear about them, man? Like, they were, like, linked to... I think they initially had the Champions League rights, and they're, like, some tiny startup that show, like, Bulgarian wrestling, and they show, like, the Indian Premier League and the Honduras League and just, like, totally random things. Mm. And they have, like... I don't know. They just sort of came out of nowhere. They're based in Sydney um, and they were linked to it. And if they'd held on to it, I think it would have been uh, quite chaotic. But uh, yeah, just another service that we're going to uh, have to well, like up for. Yeah, I just fucking, I don't, I just am starting to care a lot less about professional football. I say it week in, week out, but this is another feather in the cap of me just being like, put it in the bin, Branson. Things we're not going to put in the bin because we like them. What did you like from this week? Well, I liked. I'm going to start off with. Uh, we've we've mentioned it before, but of course, the fact that uh, Melbourne City won the grand final. We're not an A League podcast, so I won't get too bogged down into it. But uh, it's just nice as a City fan for them to actually win something. I thought they deserved it. I thought they were a good team uh, or, or a great team even all season. So to get the first one under the belt was at the game. It was great. Uh, just very much enjoyed that man. But uh, what have you liked? Um, I, I've liked the A-League being over. Uh, I think really? last night was, ve- yeah, last night was very good. I, it kind of made me really happy to, just to be like, ah, oh, it's been a really chaotic two to three years of the A-League and I feel like we need to take a break. We've done very well to get to the last couple of seasons done and I think there's exciting things on the horizon for all parts of Australian football. We've got the Women's World Cup. We've got a new broadcast deal. Um, hopefully, we've got a sort of reinvigorated competition next year with it not being part of Fox Sports. It seems to sort of be bleeding it out and not really um, investing in it. So, I don't know. It just it, it felt nice to just put all of that behind us, have a couple of months off, and, and let the club sort of regroup, rebuild, and start to plan ahead for a, what, what I think will be a very different season next season. So mm. that I did like. I liked that it was a good grand final. There were some great goals, and I liked that it was over. But, yeah, very, very keen to see what happens for the next six months to a year in Australian football. And I think just got to have a couple of months off and regroup over it. But mm. uh, what about you, Brent? What's the next one you've got? Well, I just want to quickly touch on that because it was actually, you know, a very entertaining A-League season. We saw some belted goals. We saw some cracking games. Uh, so it was a good spectacle. But, yeah, very chaotic, as mm. you said. Uh, one thing that I saw that I liked, of course, the grand final last night was the last game, at least for the foreseeable future, that we will see broadcast on Fox. Uh, again, you know, they've been a bit average in the past couple of years, but they have been fantastic over the course of the league, and they really played a huge part in, you know, propping up the league and getting it to be as big as it has become. So they deserve a ton of credit for that. What I saw, though, that I really, really liked was like a montage that they had. It went for about uh, six minutes of just, you know, all the moments, the huge footballing moments that they'd covered over the 13 years, like A-League Grand Finals, great goals, uh, Matilda's games, uh, Socceroos games, like the Asian Cup. So that montage was was really, really cool. And I thought it was a good way to end. It just sort of reminded me yeah. that, you know, Fox Sports did do a lot of good for this this game. So, again, while we are, you know, sort of glad to be seeing them go, I'm also glad that they were here, if that makes sense, mate. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely does. And my problem before with Stan Sport was that we were spoiled that we did have a home of football for a long time and it worked really well. So we did have Fox Sports as a subscription, gave you Socceroos, pretty much everything but the World Cup, A-League. Mm. Um, it's just obviously, yeah, it's changed. So, yes, I did like that little montage. Thought That was very lovely. Bran, go on. What else you got? I saw an absolutely cracking goal, mate. We love a nutmeg. Uh, how would you feel about four nutmegs? I'd feel pretty pretty crazy about that. It was uh, uh, far out. Take Fusa, sorry, Takafusa Kubo for the Japan national team. He scored for Japan. Uh, he shot nutmeg four players on the way to the back of the net. Uh, it went through three defenders legs before going through the goalkeeper's legs as well before nestling into the back of the net like you watch the replay and you're like that is uh pretty remarkable that's pretty crazy so uh we'll retweet it but uh it was a great goal it was great to see i just uh i liked it uh another thing that i liked as well was we mentioned it before Ange, of course we like him being the manager of celtic i liked his press conference i watched his uh his first press conference that he did as like an announcement of, you know, him arriving. And I thought he spoke very, very well. There was uh, some some questions asked to him and he held his own, uh, spoke very well, was very professional and even hit back at some of the reporters as well. I think one of them asked something along the lines of uh, how are you going to handle the step up to Celtic? And he just sort of slapped the reporter down in classic press conference fashion. Uh, but he was like, oh, look, mate, you know, uh, don't know what you're talking about here. I don't think it's a, a step up. He said, like, oh, you're assuming that I've come from a lower level. And he's like, I haven't. I've managed at, you know, the World Cup, you know. And uh, I think there was a few Scottish fans as well who were like, oh, yeah, managed at the World Cup, but they didn't win a game. And it's like, well, we played Chile, Argentina. Uh, so who did we play? Chile, Spain, and the Netherlands. And then, you know, you look how Scotland did at the Euros. They didn't win a game at the Euros anyway. (laughs) So it was just, I thought Ange spoke very well. I like that. I'm I'm all in on him at Celtic as well, by the way. I don't have a Scottish Premier League team. I don't particularly like Celtic, but I am all in on Ange being successful. That press conference got me fired up. I really like that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you hear Ange talk about football for one minute and you just completely buy into his ethos and vision. Like he is a very strong leader in that sense. But um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I just think, um, you know, if he doesn't do it at Celtic, he'll do it somewhere else. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna do you know measure his success off the back of it. But um, I'll turn my attention to the Euros very quickly, and I have been really impressed with Denmark. It was one thing that I was thinking mm-hmm. about over the weekend. Um, not only obviously the Christian Eriksen stuff happened, and that seems to have very much galvanized the team in a very positive way. And so I think it's a big shout out to Denmark for being a team that probably, like, let's be honest, not only did they lose their best current player, it's probably one of their best all-time players to a pretty horrific injury and, well, not even injury, but incident. And Mm. they are just absolutely playing with fire in the belly and head in the freezer. And I'm really liking it. And, we love Denmark. They're a lovable country. So get behind Denmark for the Euros, I reckon. That's it. Yep, definitely. Uh, one last thing that I liked, mate, that we're going to use to wrap up this segment was uh, just how exciting the NPL and the NPLW in Victoria are. We saw a bunch of late goals. There was the, uh, uh, I think there was five in the NPL and two in the WNPL. 
Uh, what was it? The equaliser for the Port Melbourne game. Eastern Lions had a winner in stoppage time. Avenel scored a, an icing goal in stoppage time. Uh, Heidelberg had two to get within one of Dandy City. And then what we saw in uh, the WNPL as well, that, that crazy finish at the Berlin game coming from 3-0 down and uh, Effie emerging, getting the late goal against Alamein as well. So it really is just such a good, entertaining, exciting, enjoyable, fantastic couple of leagues, mate. I absolutely love it. We talk about how good it is every week, but it genuinely is absolutely We should amazing. get paid. We Ooh. should get paid to talk it up, I reckon, because <laughs> it is every week. We just add in these little... Ah, uh, you know, these ripper Google reviews for what we deem to be one of the best leagues in the world. Well, but, Brand. Yeah, I don't think we can oversell it. It really is fantastic. We can't. Brand, can we can we jump on to the, the preview now? Yeah, we sure can. And I love how you've been able to uh, add the fixtures to the run sheet, mate, because yeah. uh, that's so semi-professional. I've been trying to do it for 40 minutes and I haven't been able to get him in there. Why? For, you just, for just so you guys, sorry, listeners, just so you know, all you do is you Google search NPL Vic. Yeah, take a screenshot, drag and drop. Take a screenshot, paste it into, don't even drag and drop, paste it. How no, are you was, trying to do that for 40 minutes? How are you getting that I wrong? I was trying to do the drag and drop and it kept just going nuts on me. So I, I gave up. But Christ on a bike. Anyway, Brand, let's talk, talk to him. I'm, well, I'm going to talk through the fixtures. We're going to do the tips as we go. Ooh. On Friday night, we have got Green Gully hosting our Tona Magic. Mm. Branson, what do you think? Mm, and why do you think it's a draw? Okay. Oh, I, I do think draw. I do think draw. Let's go draw. Okay, you can uh, write them down because I can't be bothered. Uh, um, uh, o- I'll, I'll o- go draw. Okay. Oakley Cannons versus Dandenong City. Friday night. Branson, what are your thoughts? Branson, are you okay? Sorry, you're clicking around like a madman on this thing. Yeah, I'm just I'm just putting our tips in, mate. We're tips good. are up here, bud. Oh, all right. We're going all right. Don't worry. Rust on a bike. Um, Oakley Cannons versus Dandenong City. I think Oakley. I mean, I know Dandy City just had a massive upset against uh, Heidelberg. I don't see him doing it again. Oakley weren't fantastic, but I think they'll get the job done. I think Oakley will win. I'll allow that. Oakley it is. Avondale versus Bentley Greens. Oh, this should be Avondale, but by God, it could also be Bentley Greens, couldn't it? Or it, it could also it, be a draw. It, it could be any one of the three possible results, let's be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Avondale. I've... I, again, I know I work for the club, so I may be a little bit biased because I spend the most time watching them, but I was super impressed with the way they played against the Knights. They've got a fully fit squad. I think, they, I think they're like 14 games unbeaten. Uh, so despite any potential bias, uh, I, I think Avondale will win. But, I mean, Bentley beat them in the grand final. Wouldn't be surprised if the, the Greens fire up, in particular after a disappointing game against Hume and, and, and yes. Holland. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. We'll go tentative Avondale. We, yeah, we're going Avondale. I locked it in like a minute ago, Brand. I think you oh, great. Just gonna, we're bad at this anyway. It doesn't matter if we deliberate <laughs> over it or like we just pick something and just throw darts at a dartboard. Oh, fuck. That's not hard to do. Um, Hume City hosting Eastern Lions. Hume City. I'm just saying it. Yep. Done. Locked. Cool. Next. Great. Saturday. 7 p.m. Dandenong Thunder versus South Melbourne. South Melbourne in an utter slump. Dandenong Thunder did get a draw this week, but it was a very exciting one. I think Dandenong Thunder for that one. 
Do you know what? You were almost right against Altona uh, uh, with your tip against them against uh, South last week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you in a Yep, we'll go with the... Yeah, good areas. Um, I think I've lost four of the last five. Two. Yeah, there's nice symmetry to five on the trot. It gets problematic for us if they lose more than five because the previous five results are really what I base form off of. So I won't be able to say last week they lost six or something because I only see five. That's right. Um, we'll figure it out. We will. Uh, Heidelberg United hosting the Melbourne Knights. Bit of an OG derby, this one. Sunday at three o'clock. Who have you got for this one, Brian? I think a draw. I think a draw. Oh, great call. It's, yeah. It's 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 going to be tight. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game to watch. But I think a draw. Finally, final fixture, St. Albans Saints versus Port Melbourne. What do we think for that one? Port Melbourne, undefeated in five games, by the way. Yeah, Just oh, adding yeah. five game there. form. Will's five game form. Love it. <laughs> um, surely, surely Port Melbourne, right? I mean, St. Albans, as we yeah. said, winless in their last 12 in the league. But, I mean, yeah, Port. Yeah, great. All right. MPLW, we have four fixtures this week. Uh, one on the Saturday afternoon, South Melbourne hosting Heidelberg United. Then on the Sunday, we have two games kicking off at three. FV Emerging will host Calder United in what will be an absolute ripper fixture from the NPLW this weekend. And Box Hill United host Alamein on Sunday at 7.45pm. Late kick off that one. Bulleen at the Veneto will host Bayside United. That is the NPLW for match day 13 for them. Bran, mate, that is us done. I am at Chambershear on Instagram. You're at Branson Gibson on Twitter. Please do follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell they call it, please feel free to give us a review, preferably negative. Always interesting to see what? a little bit of hate mail come through in what? review form. But it doesn't hurt us, sticks and stones, mate. We can uh, roll with the punches. But just, um, just, just for the record, though, positive reviews are allowed as well. Oh, yeah. Positive reviews are also encouraged. But if you can do a negative one, make it witty. Um, right. And we'll probably read out the show. Um, look, if you're going to go to any games on the weekend, let us know which ones you're going to. We'd love to see you guys out at games and keep being semi professional. And thank you for joining us for the Match Day 15 episode of the Semi Pro Body. 